Hello, this is Cinta Eberson from Fair Divorce. With me today is Rachel Isabella, and we're going to have a very interesting conversation about girls who grow up without their fathers. Fatherless girls is a rare topic that hasn't been discussed much, and we're here to, cons to, to discover how that impacts us women when we grow up without our fathers or with fathers that are physically present, but they are absent emotionally and how that impacts us. And also we're going to look further into how that determines our choices in life in terms of who we choose as partners, who we are attracted to and who we fall in love with. So Rachel, thank you very much for being here and welcome. Hi, Santa. Thank you so much for having me here. I've spoken a lot already, but please tell us about yourself um, what you're comfortable to share with us and how you came about doing the work that you do with, with women who grow up without fathers, with absent fathers. Sure. So um, I grew up in a home with a mom and dad and an older sister. And around the age of 11 or 12, I started telling my mom that my dad didn't love me. And I really couldn't um, articulate why I knew this. I just knew it. I knew in his indifference towards me, I knew his complete lack of interest in what I was doing. He was just checked out. And mm. it was around this age that I started looking for uh, surrogate fathers. Um, my first one was my sixth grade teacher who was this wonderful man who was kind to me. And this pattern of mine continued through high school with you know a gym teacher and then a math teacher. And I was just looking for a surrogate father some guidance, some love from a male figure that I obviously wasn't receiving at home. Now that's how it manifested for me. A lot of times a young girl without fatherly attention becomes very promiscuous or completely shuts down her heart and doesn't want to let anybody in. And so it, it can manifest in many different ways, but the one overwhelming thing that I've noticed in, in most of the women that grew up without a father or without the love of a father, even though he was physically present, is a feeling of unworthiness. Because mm -hmm. if, the, if the, the first man who was supposed to love you does not and doesn't show it in any way, then the idea of being loved by any other man becomes very hard to believe. So when I was growing up, I had no problem believing when a woman told me she loved me. I had a good relationship with my mom, I had a sister, I had aunts, I had best friends, I had a godmother. If you were a female and you told me, I love you so much, you're wonderful, you're so special, I got it, I believed it. But my first few boyfriends, it just, it didn't sound right because I wasn't used to being loved by a man. So depending on your situation um, growing up, it could have manifested in many different ways and maybe my, what happened to me doesn't resonate. But the feeling of unworthiness, um, Feeling unworthy of love is what I think 95% of us deal with. And then it manifests in different ways. That's very interesting. I know with some of the people that I've worked with, um, I've seen the same history that you've just explained. And yes, it manifests in different ways. And we, we reach out or we rebel against it, or we just totally withdraw um, because our self-worth actually takes a really, really bad knock as a result of it. So in your experience, um, what happens when we get to the stage where we mature or grown up and we start falling in love and we pick life partners? 
with the intention of having a family with them. How, how does this impact? So a lot of women who are fatherless daughters attract the wrong kind of man because they are mating, they are attracting at the level of their self-esteem. So it doesn't mean all of us, because I do know fatherless daughters who have attracted wonderful men, but it shows up in their life in somewhere else, for instance, in being very overweight and they're, they're hiding themselves because they didn't receive their father's love. So not, it doesn't happen to all of us, but in my case, it did. I attracted someone at my level of self-esteem and it obviously wasn't a good one. The person that I would attract now loving myself the way that I do and having healed myself is completely different. And what you're doing is you're just trying to replace a father's love. So anyone who gives you a little bit of attention, finds you a little bit interesting, you just give everything away because you're so thirsty for it. You're so hungry for this kind of love that a lot of times your boundaries are not where they're supposed to be and you give yourself away. And then if you bring children into the world, then they will be growing up witnessing this kind of pathology of a mother who has a broken heart and a father who doesn't treat them very well. So I would say to anybody, before you choose a life partner, to really look at yourself and see from what place in your heart are you attracting this person? Because it might be from a place of, of very deep pain. I love the phrase that you said, um, we, we attract at the level of our own self-esteem self yes yeah that's very true so if our self-esteem is low we're going to attract somebody who's and, and that's a recipe for for disaster or more heartbreak um sure it's that's a very valuable phrase we attract at the level of our own self-esteem so yes sure, because a person a person sorry a person with a broken heart can't attract someone that is that is healthy I don't know. I don't, I don't really see that happening. I've heard many times people say that we choose men like our fathers to marry. Um, and that ties into what you're saying. I've heard that too. I've also heard that you look for the opposite, that it can go either way, that you can choose someone who is just like them, or you can choose someone who's the exact opposite. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I've thought of that over and over again with my ex. Um, they are both emotionally immature. They are both, um, it's very difficult to communicate with them. But other than that, I didn't really see similarities. Mm. Um, yeah, personally. But I have heard that, that you either, that you either, and it can go either way. You could have loved your dad wonderfully and chosen a man like him, or you could have not gone along with your dad and, and chosen the opposite, trying to heal your heart. So yes. I'm not really sure how I feel about that, but I have heard it. Mm. Well, that's interesting because, um, yeah, it makes sense to me that we would choose the opposite because what we have or what we had growing up was, was not what we liked, what we could relate to. There, there was not a good, healthy bond and a strong relationship. So we could set out and almost promise ourselves that we will not end up with the same kind of person and, and in that way deliberately choose something that is opposite. I think it depends very much. Opposite, you can, sometimes the opposite is just as harmful. So for instance, my father was completely indifferent. Mm -hmm. My husband was obsessive and jealous. Okay. So, so there was no boundary. 
Yes. So I was not taught how to create boundaries and my husband did not want to have them with me. Mm. So he was obsessive and he was controlling and he wanted to just possess all of me. He didn't want, he wanted to know who I spoke to and who I had smiled at. And it was, it was very, very toxic. So to go from someone who completely ignores you uh, to the opposite, I attracted, I guess, because it, it didn't occur to me that it could go wrong, but it, it can. Yes, it makes sense. And I, just, I suppose it depends largely on your own personal growth that you have um, gone through while you grow up and beyond that and the, the degree of insight that we develop into ourselves and, and the baggage that we carry with us. So um, what interests me, because I work with families who are going through separation and divorce and even blending new families, is how that manifests when we get to the stage where a relationship breaks down and where we have untenable conflict. We get to the stage where we literally give up because I think um, I've also read in my research that if we grow up without a present father, then we, we tend to also work very hard for that love and for that attention. And we repeat that uh, in our relationships as well. So when it comes to the stage where you realize this is not working or you realize this is really bad for me or this is toxic, there's a huge sense of loss, I, um, I know, from my own experience and from people that I have coached through the situation. What, what is your experience with that? I think that men and women today need to understand if they're going through a divorce, both of them need to understand the impact that it can have on a child to not have their father present whether it's a boy or a girl, I happen to deal with girls. Mm -hmm. So if you're a father thinking it's not important, as long as she has her mother, it's okay. It isn't something that I need to fight for. You do need to fight for it. And if you're a woman and you're thinking, I don't need this man in my life anymore. So my children don't either. You're wrong. Unless this man is abusive. And, and that's a whole different story. If you have two people who simply do not want to be married anymore, but want to have want to participate in the raising of the children, mm. both of them need to understand that both of them need to be present. Even if you get a boyfriend, even if you get a girlfriend, even if you move on, the respect that you have for the father or the mother of your child needs to be something that is understood between the two of you. Yes, that's very important. I agree completely. And, yeah. And just because you're angry, it doesn't mean that your daughter does not need her daddy. You can be angry all you want. And he needs to understand how much your daughter needs your daddy. I think a lot of men go off and they think, well, I'm a bachelor again. And no, 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 no. You need to understand that your daughter's future depends a lot on how much love you give her, on how important she feels that she is to you. I, and it's not the great moment to talk about it when people are angry and they're divorcing. But they need to, both men and women need to understand that. It's, it's about putting aside your ego. It is about uh, being self-aware and doing what's right for kids. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. Yes, I completely agree. I've had cases where um, when the relationship is difficult during the divorce or post the divorce, fathers give up. They, it, it's so hard for them to, to maintain contact with their children or their daughters or um, the mothers are being difficult, or the relationship is just so strained that they uh, avoid the conflict, and they eventually end up giving up on their children without realizing the dire consequences of that happening. And I've also had cases where the, the mothers move far away 
from the fathers with the children. And it's important yes. that, that um, the parents need to understand what that impact is. I maintain, I always teach the parents that I coach that it's the responsibility of the adults to maintain the relationships with the children. It's not the children's responsibility, even though they are teenagers and they grow up and you reach a point where you think they're old enough to decide for themselves or the children are old enough to know better or anything to that effect. It remains the parent's responsibility to maintain a good, healthy relationship. And I think that's where we have a huge task is to um, impress upon fathers the importance of being present in their daughter's lives. Absolutely. And I think if a mother moves away, not out of meanness or spite or anything, but she gets a job somewhere that she can't turn down and so she moves away, she needs to make it available for the child to talk on Skype or Zoom. Um, and the man used to, the, the dad needs to make an effort to be there, to mm -hmm. do the Zoom call, to, to be on Skype, to ask how your day was and what your friends are doing and, and all of that. So even if you move away, we live in a time where it's a lot easier to be a present and emotional dad, even if you're physically far away. Yes, that's so, true. So even that, I, I wouldn't even allow that as, oh, well, it's, it's difficult. It actually is a lot easier now. Yeah, with today's technology and, and having had COVID all over the world, we've actually proven that to ourselves, that we can stay connected with technology. Absolutely. Without yeah. any difficulty. Um, I want to ask you something. The impression that I've heard often, I'm sure you have too, that a father is a girl's first love. Yes. How do you feel about that? What, what can you tell us around that in, in terms of your experience and, and the work that you do? So this isn't mine. This comes from Jan Levan Sand, who does a lot of work with fatherless daughters who I just respect so much. Mm -hmm. And she says that for uh, a young boy, the father is there as, a, as an example. But for a little girl, daddy is a relationship and it is supposed to be her first loving, intimate, non-sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. So she knows, she grows up learning that she is loved, not for what she can give a man. Yes, that's so, very valuable. Yeah, that was, that was amazing when I heard that. It was so well explained. So she's um, loved for who she is, not for what she can offer a man. Exactly. There's, there's no exactly. expectation. And which is why so many fatherless daughters turn to sex and become promiscuous at a young age because they're looking for that because they've never been held in a way or loved or or taught you know told that they're amazing and creative and and, and interesting mm. by a man and so they know that they have their body to offer and so that's what they offer just to be held for a moment just to be looked at and validated for a moment so i think a, i think a dad is a girl's first love i also think a mom is a, a boy's first love too i had that with my son mm -hmm. um so yeah, and I, I think that there is, I've done a lot of forgiving and healing, but there is something that I think fatherless daughters need to know, which is that the pain doesn't completely go away. And that's normal. If what you're thinking, I can help you forgive, I can help you heal, but there is pain that simply won't go away. So if I see a bride dancing with her father, I cry mm -hmm. because I never had that and I, I won't. Yes. And so there are still things that... Um, even when you do the work, just know that it would be, it will be normal for the rest of your life for certain things to hurt you mm. uh, and to make you cry and to make you long for what you didn't have. That's, that's also normal. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. 
yes, and that's okay. It's not very reassuring to know that, to hear that the pain's not going to go away. <laughs> but um, it's, no. it's reassuring to know that it's normal and that it's perfectly okay. And we, we learn to live with it. We, we get better at, at it. It is. I, I read the book, um, The Five Love Languages. Yes. And I was, I, because I'm not in, an, in, a, in a romantic relationship at the moment, I listened to it thinking about how do I show love to my son or to my mother or to my best friend. And which was really interesting to see it in a non-romantic uh, context. And I immediately thought of my dad. And I looked at the five love languages really carefully. And I realized that he had not shown one. And I thought, oh, come on, you know, you're just mad. He, he must have. And I looked at all five of them and I thought, no, he, he never showed this, none of them. And it was validation for the 11 year old who would say to her mom, dad doesn't love me mm. and not be able to articulate why yes. knowing that that indifference or that I wasn't receiving love in any way that it can be shown. Mm. So, um, see, I mean, but that day I wasn't devastated. I, I, I read, I read the book and I had this realization, oh my gosh, I was right. Not in a, I was right kind of way, but in a, a validating the 11 year old kind of way. Yes. And it didn't, it didn't completely break my heart. I just thought, oh, okay, so this is it. Either he wasn't capable or he wasn't interested. It just, it just is. But then there are other sentimental things like a wedding that do make me cry. Mm. So it isn't that you're going to live with pain forever. It's just don't be surprised, even after you've forgiven, if certain little things tug at you and, and make you long for something. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, so on a practical level, what is some practical advice you would give a woman who is now has grown up fatherless, has made some wrong choices in terms of relationships, and has now realized that there's something that she has to work on and that she has to learn about herself? Where do you start? What is, what's, what's some practical advice you would give somebody in that position? Well, the first thing is, because I can work with people who are stuck in anger who have not done any emotional work and i've worked with people who are pretty far along and maybe just got stuck somewhere it depends on where you are in your journey so mindset would be the first thing that we that we talk about uh we talk about a lot of things in my coaching but mindset where is it where is it that you are in terms of forgiving what do you think forgiveness is um, are you aware that forgiving is done for you and not for your dad? Mm -hmm. Are you aware that you can have no contact? Are you aware that if you have no contact, you can reach out again? So the first thing is to just evaluate where each person is because each, each story really is different from the next one. It's unique, yes. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of us and, I, and I've seen people um, contact me and they're in different places, they're in different stages. They're struggling with acceptance or letting go or, um, or anger given to learn how to, how to set up boundaries in their life with mm. an ex-husband who they chose because of their pain. And so yes. each story really is different. Boundaries is a big thing. Boundaries many many people thing. struggle with boundaries and maintaining them. Yes. Boundaries and self-love. Once you've gone to the place where you can forgive and accept what happened and let go of the the idea that it could have been any different, then we work on you and see what are the choices that you made? Yes. Um, what, how much self-love and self-worth do you have? 
and what are the boundaries that you need to put up uh and it could be a boundary with a boss it doesn't have to be necessarily with your dad yes but the, the, the ramifications of this relationship and the lack of love mm. can make you make choices that are harmful to you at the age of 50. yes sure yes yeah i agree with you that's wonderful all right and then if i can topple the practicalities to the other side speaking to fathers who have daughters what is some practical advice that you can give them some hands-on tips for, for fathers how, how should you be with your daughter uh, what is important for you what do you teach your daughter i think just the presence is really really important i think a lot of times when a kid speaks um and a parent doesn't know what it is that they want you can just ask are you looking for advice uh, do you want me to just listen to you and listening, just knowing, I mean, how many times I like when my kid was small and he would tell me, he would be telling me a story and I'm thinking about something else and I'm saying, uh-huh. Yeah, sure, sweetie. And we've all done this because we have too many things in our head, Yes. but he still felt like I was listening. I was next to him. I was holding his hand. I was repeating his words back to him. Uh, so much is about the presence and it can be done online. It can be on a WhatsApp message. Just constantly let your children know that you're there mm. uh, on a good day, on a bad day. Um, simple, simple things. What are, you know, what are their friends up to? What are they studying? What do they want to do when they grow up? What do they need from you? I think there are, there are a lot of uh, books also. I think one is called The Fatherless Daughter Project mm -hmm. um, that you can read not just as a daughter, but as a father. Yes. To see what can happen to your child if you're not present. I think the presence is just, yeah, I don't remember things, specific things, for instance, about my mother, but I know that she was present. I know that I was loved, even if I can't pinpoint it, because it's, it's consistency. It's all the time just being there. Yes, and, and, and it's unconditional. It's, and it's unconditional. It, you don't have to do it perfectly. You just, you know, your kids don't really need anything. They just need you. It's not about yeah. buying the special gift, about having the perfect bedroom. It's they just need you. I like that. Your kids don't need anything, anything. They just need yeah. you. That's very, very you. true. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is fantastic. And I think also when you grow up, when you're no longer a little girl, when you become a woman and maybe a mother yourself, you still need your father. We still need our oh, father. Gosh. So many things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to have a father at this age. Um, I would love to see a father who loves me, see me be a mom, because I know that my mother, for instance, she loves her, the relationship that she has with her two grown daughters and mm -hmm. seeing us be mothers. And so that growth, as long as the, <clears throat> sorry, as long as the relationship is maintained in the different phases of childhood, adolescence, adulthood, yeah. you can enjoy your children so much. And you're, you know, I still call my mom and ask her for, for advice. And, and, and my sister does too. So Oh, I would love the idea of having a father at 44. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that resonates with me too. I can see the importance of that. Um, yes. Well, this has been very insightful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And I think we can actually carry on talking for another half an hour. There's so much to be said. Um, I just wanted to ask one last question. Um, sure. Looking at the big picture, 
I've heard so many women say, well, I grew up with my father, without my father and I turned out all right. And I reach out to them and say, you're not really all right. Um, you're missing something. Yeah. What wisdom can you share with the woman who says that? Well, I think you need to, uh, you need to identify what all right means. If all right means that you are a tax-paying, responsible member of society, uh, that's not enough. Mm. Are you healthy inside? Are you happy? How are you raising your children? Are you raising them with anger? How are you with your spouse? How are you with yourself? Where, what are your boundaries like? What is your level of self-worth? How is your self-esteem? So a lot of times people say, I turned out okay because they are well-dressed, they maintain a good job, and no one, would, no one in society would say anything negative about them. They didn't become a criminal. But yes. that doesn't mean that inside your head and inside your heart, you're okay. And that what you're leaving on earth before you, before you die is, is of service, is healthy. Um, I don't think a woman with a broken heart can be a very, uh, not good mother, but can be a mother that raises healthy children. I think if you're healthy, you raise healthy children. Yes, and I think if you're not, and if your heart is still broken, then something is being passed on. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you say I turned out all right, what exactly does all right mean? How do you identify it? Mm. Mm. That's a great answer. Rachel, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Thank and, you, Cynthia, um, for having me. I love being here. I will, for those of you watching the video, I will put Rachel's contact details in the comments below this video, wherever we post it, so you'll know how to reach her. She's all the way in Argentina, which is quite far from where I am in South Africa, but it's wonderful to meet people from all over the world and learn from people from all over the world. Thank you so much. Yes.